Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 102, 102 of Two Teachers Talking. Charles and I get together to talk about teaching, teaching English, teaching English in Japan, and all the challenges, frustrations, and joys that go with that territory. And today we're talking about um, homework, <laughs> um, effective assignments, making effective assignments, making meaningful assignments, um, whatever that, and exploring whatever that means. Um, but uh, assignments um, outside the classroom and um, how to get the most out of it and to and do it right, not waste our time, not waste our students' time, and to, to make it all better. Okay. <laughs> you run with this one. I think uh, this is... This is one of those things that's really hard, isn't it? It's really hard. And um, when I started, like you know, making notes and things, it's it's like, yeah, it's you know, people who are going to be looking for a formula or something are going to be kind of disappointed. And, and, and what I what I came across and came up against is like, especially with my situation where I teach so many different classes and so many different kinds of students, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and it's. It's not a cop out. I'm not copying out, but I'm, you know, in terms of like avoiding specific specificity, um, but um, it's just, it's, there's just no blanket rules that you can apply. But um, as uh, Charles, we and I were just talking about before we began, there's still plenty and plenty to talk about, um, and um, maybe a good place, you know, good place to start. Um, we talked before a little bit about um, needs assessment. This is, is like a, a micro case of that where um, when you're going to make an assignment, give an assignment to students, um, to tailor the assignment with care, um, not only, for, obviously, for the students, but also um, what it is that you're trying to accomplish, um, what you what you hope that they learn from it, what they're capable of, all the things that go with that, the tailoring of the assignment. And I guess maybe that's like, that is the the core, the crux of, of maybe what we're going to be talking about. Um, the Again, the buzzword this these days is differentiation, uh, where you change things, <laughs> change the way you teach for the students that you're teaching. Um, it's not a new idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a new word that people are starting to use for something that good teachers do and have been doing. <laughs> Since you know uh, clay tablets, uh, but oh, I'm sure it goes way <laughs> back before that hunting mastodons. <laughs> there you go. So wow, you your know. arm is not so good. You do yeah. not throw the spear so well. So yeah, let's okay. adapt this lesson here. Gurk can't run so fast. So let's not make him the lead man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ad- adapting to uh, reality is an important key. But Tony, you were mentioning uh, right the differentiation and I kind of just went off on that. <laughs> uh, it's the, it's really true in many ways that these things have always been done by good teachers and they're just being noticed and defined and measured in many ways. So I'm thinking maybe a good place to start when we're talking about meaningful homework is to ask do you remember any meaningful assignments like in elementary school, junior high school, high school, or college? You know, and why were they meaningful to you? 
meaningful. No, um, not not in the way that we're talking about it. Um, I maybe partly just I can't remember that long ago. <laughs> That's maybe a big part of it, but um, certainly in university days. You know, the assignments were basically, you know, English major, right? They're basically just papers, you know, for the for the non-major type classes, you know, for the chemistry class or the biology class or uh, the art appreciation class. It was basically, you know, just you know, studying for the you know, test, memorizing, getting the basic facts of what are they going to ask. Um, there weren't really assignments per se, except reading assignments. And for the English classes, they were all um, papers. Um I suppose there was um there's one it was actually an English class but it was uh photography and the, the it was an advanced class it was uh, the title of the class was rhetoric of photography and um I can't remember you know it just goes to tell you show you right I can't remember exactly what the assignment was per se I remember what I did um and uh, just basically um I went to a photography exhibit and did a, you know, a, a review or a very close viewing, a close analysis of the group of photographs and um, put that together. And uh, that was interesting. And it forced me to independently, you know, outside, outside of the content of class without the guiding hand of the uh, professor to, you know, confront a photograph and look at it and, um, have to see what I'm, I guess I'm supposed to see and, uh, somehow get that on paper. So that I remember, but, uh, you know, going back into high school, I, I don't remember, but that doesn't mean that I didn't have any, I don't think though it might, mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't think I can go back into high school or. I remember a couple of independent study projects I did in high school. And in both of them, they were investigating issues. One was I wrote a report about psychosurgery, and I was really into I wanted to go into neurosurgery back then. I thought it was a great thing. And the other thing was on the Nuremberg war, tri war trials, war crime trials for um, my history teacher. And in both cases, I remember that my conclusions were completely different from what I had gone in. And I remember that st stood out for me, still stands out for me, in that how by investigating something, I actually found different insights and came to look at things very differently. Although my conclusion that uh, the Nuremberg War Crimes were trials were illegal because it was like ex, ex post facto law really caused some heated arguments in my home. <laughs> so, but in college, I had this professor. This is one of those, one of the greatest professors I ever had, a man named Michael Zimmerman, who was teaching uh, the, a couple of classes in literature. And I'll never forget that he would give these take-home midterms and finals, which basically turned into you having to write like four or five two-page papers in a week or so. And these would just really challenge you. And so he would do these, ask you these intense questions. Like, for example, he would take a character in one novel, let's say from Gatsby, and then he would take another novel, a character from uh, um, 
The Sound and the Fury by Faulkner, and he'd say, okay, now these two characters meet, create the, write the discussion, write the, the, the talk between these guys. And it, I remember that it just forced us to think so deeply about these characters that by the time you got done writing that two-page paper, you had learned so much, you had dug so deeply. So in that sense, when I'm going to think about a meaningful assignment, I'm thinking that it's something that actually teaches me something, that it's something that I learn, it pushes me forward, it enforces me to connect information, to really kind of create that knowledge and see things in a new way. But that's what I remember. Those were pretty significant. I mean, I still still remember dreading, you know, Dr. Zimmerman's take-home finals. <laughs> they were just so difficult and so mm. hard. Really challenging, though. And Well, that's I, the thing. I think the best assignments are extremely difficult, and they're extremely challenging because you're you're forging new ground i mean you're you're new territory right. you're you're pro- you're pl- you're creating new synapses and, and pulling things out of the air and it's that's really hard work but that's, and it hurts. that's how you learn yeah it, it hurts. hurts i mean it actually hurts yeah yeah so we would think about so meaningful maybe we should work and try to find some working definition of meaningful what okay go ahead no, I was going to ask you to go ahead first. <laughs> I beat you. You got me there. Well, got there's me. a there's um there's meaning is um yeah it's pretty slippery right, and um that can like as I said with like my say I'm not trying to cop out on it, but depending on what you're teaching, you know what subject or at what level, and you know what kind of students, what's meaningful for one group of kids can be really different from another. Um, and uh, different approach, different reasons for doing things and meaning. Um, so you're talking when you're talking about um, uh, meaningful songs. I was thinking, of course, what comes to mind are all the meaningless assignments that I did. Um, and I and I remember, for example, um, when uh, in elementary school, you know, I, and we talked very briefly about this long, long time ago. But I had a lot of um, bad experiences. In elementary education, uh, very strict Catholic um, school, and um, our assignments were basically punishments, which is a really great reason for give homework, right? Punishment—that's what you should do. Really get everybody and your students to really hate <laughs> going to school, um, or going home from school. Well, yeah, both. <laughs> just hate life. It's like, yeah, not <laughs> a good make, move. Make him miserable, and you, you know, yeah. Someone in someone in the class misbehaves, so the whole class gets to you know. This is like second grade, right? Your class has to write one hundred seven letter words, <laughs> and then like the next day, someone else behaves. So then it's like you know, one hundred eight letter words or six letter words. It's like. <sighs> And, you know, I remember my 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 mom helping me with this, and she was like fuming. It's like, what you know, this is this is insane. This is nonsense. But um, yeah, I, I think thinking about reasons for assignments. Yeah, punishment. That's kind of one thing that uh, comes to mind. But um, meaning, um, different ways to go about it. So when you think of an assignment, I mean, the, the reason for it, like the what makes it might meaningful, could be. Um, seeding, 
Mm, preparation. So yes, um, giving you know, an assignment that will kind of like plow the ground, plow the earth, so that for the next class when you're presenting something, there's some background where they have like whether you know, whether it's just basic reading on the historical background or uh, a story that uses you know linguistic patterns that you're going to be doing, or even just you know bring pictures of your family because we're going to be talking about family. Um, some of that like, you know, prepares the students for what that's going to happen. Um, it might involve some kind of procedural training. So for example, last, last month we talked about like the, the student web pages and many, many times we've talked about um, submission of, you know, digital submission of student work. Well, um, you know, you can, assignments could be uh, something that, um, you know, trains them for, you know, procedures uh, that that need to be carried out. Um, it could be checking understanding of something that has already been done in class or that should have been done before, or it's some kind of synthesis of what's been happening before. It's like, okay, does, does do you have you do understand what where you should be now? We've done this, we've done this, this. do you get what we've done? And that's a check for the student, it's a check for the teacher. Um, the student kind of, it's like, oh, we all go, oh, oh, I don't understand. It's like, well, that's a, that's a warning flag. <laughs> that means you missed something. And that's, it's a valuable clue for the teacher as well. Um, similarly, it could be just review, uh, of what you've done. Be again, as we talked again, before we started recording, right. In terms of review, not in terms of memorization, but to somehow synthesize, put together, the pieces that we've been covering, put it together in a whole. It's like, okay, build all this and, and pull it together into a whole. Um, and part of that, possibly, it's taking what's been done and building a bridge into the next stage, uh, making sure that everything there is from the past is there and that you've got all the connections and now you're ready for the next piece or not, as the, as the case may be. Um, you know, if you're doing like skills and learning in class, um, creating an assignment where they need to apply that to something else. Um, so the assignment that you talked about from university where you had to create the dialogue between characters of two different novels, right? Okay, you've read this book, you've read this book, you, you've done, you understand close reading, you've done character analysis. Okay, now apply this to this brand new <laughs> way of looking at it. It's like, ah, <laughs> um, great assignment. Right to to take that and apply what what's what the skills and learning that you've done and apply it in some new way, right? Uh, enabling the student to, to engage in some creative task that that creates something different. Um, I think one of the things that makes uh, assignments really meaningful, uh, in contrast to, for example, classroom assignments, is that um, when students are doing homework or independent work outside of class. Um, it puts the controls or the the throttle or the res- and responsibility of learning on the students. So not only are they learning, hopefully, um, the content of, of whatever it is that they're working on, um, also some, the how of what they're supposed to do with that and somehow um, synthesize that into, into something new or something different, but it's not sitting in a classroom listening to the teacher. Um, they're doing things on their own. And 
if the assignment is constructed well, uh, it will not only teach them what they're supposed to be learning, but it, it will also teach them how to learn. Uh, there'll be skills that can be generalized into learning other things, whatever it is that they might want to or need to learn in the future. Um, and just encourage that uh, independence and autonomy and teaching how to learn, because I, that's, I think it's one of the, the most important things. And shifting that that locus of learning from the teacher in the classroom to the student, um, teaching the student how to learn, how learning happens, um, is one of the most important things. Now, how do you do that? It depends. <laughs> it, it all depends. It depends on you. It depends on your kids. It depends on what you're teaching. It depends on their level. But with all that in mind, uh, and thinking about those things, it might <clears throat> help the teacher um, create tasks, assignments um, that will be able to uh, attack this beast from a couple of different angles. And, and therefore, to answer your question, finally, meaning. Okay. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> I think, I mean, you really covered a lot of ground there. I said we had a lot of talked about. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff there. It's heavy. It's and it's hard. I mean, yeah, these I mean I went through, you know, some ideas and things, but those are all pretty general. And, you know, checking off the list is really easy. Now taking that is like, okay, how do I do any of those one things, let alone try to tell all of them and make a meaningful assignment for my for this class is really, really hard. Yes, it really, really is. I think it's something you pointed out at the beginning where you said that there's no formula for this. I think what we have to do, talk, and all the things that you've said, is to start with what's your goal and ask yourself, I'm going to give students homework. And we're, I think, pretty clear here. We're talking about homework. We're not talking about in-class assignments right now. Why are you doing it? And most of the time, I think, people do it is because they're expected to do it. it. We're supposed to give homework. And I know that there's some schools I work at where they say you will give students an hour of homework per week for every three hours that they're in class or something. <laughs> I have got, this I've got that too. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's like, okay, well, where's your research that that is the right number? Please show me that you have evidence or data. So part of the problem we're dealing with is that a lot of the thinking behind homework is not actually real thinking. Um, I think John Hattie has pointed out, looking at effect sizes, that homework has a very small effect on learning, unless it's extremely well-designed homework, so that we get into that question of what's well-designed. So right. let's start with your outcome. And it's something you said, that there's two ways to look at the meaningful. And you mentioned that it provides the teacher with feedback about what the student is doing. And I like that, that one way to measure whether or not the homework is good is, does it show that some kind of learning's taken place? And coming up with a 
reasonable definition of learning, I'm going to say that the learning shows that the student has been able to integrate what was taught in the class, what was experienced in the class, and they're able to spit it out in a way that shows that they have made some kinds of connections. Or it could be as simple as, ah, they're able to use the structure properly. Ah, they've learned that, you know, how to use that those new vocabulary items properly. So one aspect is that if it's just a grading thing, and if it's not providing you with any insight into what kind, if the student learns or if the student understands, it's not meaningful. The flip side for the student is that it has to be something that reasonably engages them, causes them to use resources, and that could be memory, that could be prior knowledge, it could Preferably for me, it's that it requires them to use their notes, to go online, to do some searches, uh, to talk with their friends, to talk with their classmates, to find answers to the questions. If they're doing that, I think I've got a reasonably good level of confidence that I've created a meaningful assignment. Now, on the flip side of this, though, I have to deal with reality, which is the certain percentage of students who, when I walk into the classroom, are doing their homework. <laughs> and, you know, I've I've told them so many times that this is, you know, the Japanese term, motainai. It's just wasteful. It's a waste of time. It has no value. But there are, the fact is that for a certain percentage of students, it doesn't matter how well you design that homework. It doesn't matter how meaningful the homework is. They're just doing the homework just to get it done. Mm -hmm. um, it's an English class. It's a required class. They don't have any interest in that. And... You, that's the one that really kind of causes me some trouble. Yeah, that's, so, that's that's really hard. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's a reality. It's not every student, right? But it is about fifteen percent, I think. And that's just the ones I'm seeing. And the ones that really make me crazy are the ones who are copying their friends' homework. Mm -hmm. And what that says is that they have no interest, or they don't understand that. The homework has a purpose. It's just something to be done that they're getting graded on. So given that that's a reality, that some students are not going to want to do the homework or want to do it in a meaningful way, no matter how well I design it, that still places the burden on the teacher to make the homework, the assignment as interesting, as challenging, as motivating as possible within you know, our limited abilities. So, given that, you know, what would be the identifiable qualities, do you think, Tony, of, you know, a, a piece of paper or a homework assignment on a web page? How would we take a look at it and say, hey, you know, that's a waste of time or that's meaningful? And you, you also, have, before I forget, you mentioned that there's two ways that the homework can work, either kind of as a review Right, solidifying what was learned in the class, or it's preparing the students, that flipped classroom idea, mm -hmm. which I think for you and I as um, English majors, former English majors, I never understood the flipped classroom. It was like, yeah, this is what you do. You read the novel, you go to the library, you study and prepare so you can take part in the discussion. Yeah, so it's, been on, it's been on us since forever. So what, yeah, I don't so again, it's, you know, Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. So, but I think we could use that as a very useful differentiator that one kind of homework meaningful homework serves as some solidifier as a review mechanism and the other is to prepare the students for the next class and maybe the ideal one would do both 
But. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah, the ideal one would certainly be both because it would all be part of a whole that a whole flow that goes perfectly from your first class to your last class, and with this ending in this great grand revelation and their final evaluation, where you are wowed by how much they've learned, and they also have the joy of being able to do these things. Mm. Yeah, ideally that would that would be the case. I want to do. I want to mention two things though. One was. Um, we talked about like the the teacher checking progress. Um, I, I think it's also important that um, to 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 mention again the the importance of that measure of progress for the student. Um, creating a a task and whether it's uh, you know homework and I'm I'm thinking right in my right now in my mind is uh, uh, students giving presentations. Um, it's kind of fudging because it's you know it's homework but it's performance in class um but uh with this particular class again all, all this is class specific um i was really writing them hard it's like yeah it's you know these presentations are short they had to do their final they had to do in front of the whole class it's a small class only 15 people um but absolutely no paper they can't read from their presentation slides um, there should be very word, few words in their slides, and, and there's no paper in your hand. And they were all tied in knots about it. They were going crazy. They they thought I was a monster. And on the last day, they they made their presentation, and one kiss, like I says, oh, so so you feel good. It's like so, I'm she she was no Japanese. I, I did it. I'm so happy. Um, she was so. Overjoyed, and she's she's a really good. She's one of the best students in the class. And there's no question in my mind that she was going to be able to do it, but in her mind, she was she was fraught with insecurity and doubt. And you know, she did she did a fine job. And that not only not only is it for the teacher to be able to to check what they've learned, but it's it should also let the student feel and see. It's like, yeah, I'm learning, I'm making progress. I did something that I didn't think I could do before. That is gold. I mean, that is that is really what you what I think is really really important. And um, we we you, you talked a little bit about the students who copy the other students' homework, don't do it. At a certain point, that's for a lot of kids, that's out of your control. You're not going to change their personality. You're not going to undo 18 years of their previous life. There's nothing you can do about it. But what you can do is um, take the extra step when you're giving a homework assignment. Because you say, oh, your homework. Ah, they immediately start. It's like, at that point, be very clear and explain why. This assignment is being given. Explain what the purpose is. You're going to do this, and it's surprising when I remember to do that because um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I forget, um, or there's no time because I've been jawing, you know, talking and talking and talking and running out of time. Um, I've noticed that when I do have the time and the presence of mind um, to explain the purpose and the reason why the they have an assignment why they're doing it um there's a lot less of that um they do listen and they do kind you know not not all of them of course there's always going to be the the few that just 
you know, they're just not made for school and they're not, they're not, they're never going to be good students. My excuse, you know, maybe it's, I'm just not that good of a teacher. Um, but um, I've noticed a big difference that if I give explicit explanation about what the, what, what, why the assignment is there. It's like, okay, we're doing this because we've done this, we've done this, and I want you to do this, to pull this together so that when we do this next week or in the following weeks, you're going to be using X, Y, and Z. I see, I see some light bulbs going on. It's like, of course, it's not universal, it's not across the whole class, but it makes a difference. So I think that's an important part is to, um, yeah, explain to the students what the purpose of the assignment is. And it forces you to actually think about what the purpose of the assignment is too, other than punishment. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you that explaining to students and saying, okay, this is the homework assignment and you're doing this because. Mm -hmm. It's to practice, it's to reinforce, it's to expand, it's to get you ready, it's to prepare you for usually is helpful and I even even if it's something really, like this is going to be on the test simple right, as that right right and now i'm thinking actually that might be something really good to include on the web page i'm thinking now no, when okay. i have yeah. here's a yeah. homework right because my, my my website is designed you know the week number you know week 12 yeah. classwork and then homework and, maybe and this is why it's do. homework yeah <laughs> this is yeah and here's the you know what the homework why this is what the homework is supposed to help you with. Mm. That might be really good. I'm going to try that and see what happens. That's an interesting idea. But I usually right, try to have the presence of mind to explain, here's the homework. Because the problem is usually you're racing at the end of class to explain the homework. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Here, a page, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. I wonder also whether it makes sense to say, okay, starting the class today, this is what we're going to do. Your homework is going to be this and do that at the beginning as well. Mm. So that it's clear to the students, and maybe actually they're paying attention during the class because it could be used in the homework. That might be an interesting way to flip things over too. Now that I think about it, yeah, I, I think in, in some cases it can it can that can work really well. But I think there are maybe be some other cases where you where maybe want to hold back. Well, you want to. There's some cases where you want to hold back because you don't want to show your cards, or you don't want to like ruin the surprises that are coming, or such as you might say okay you'll be doing something like this but you don't want to give give away too much at the beginning in some cases others no it's just like it's like you're going to have to do this so <laughs> so, so make pay sure attention pay, so pay this. attention so that you know stay how to awake. do it right yeah stay awake right yeah you're going to have to do your outlines for next week so we're going to do how to outline so pay attention because you're going to have to do this yeah, so that's exactly what I'm thinking is to say, for example, okay, the homework is going to be to make an outline of your talk eh? for next week. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that one. Moody! And then you have to turn to them and go, do you think this is Club Med? Right? You know? That's, uh, yeah, that's the... Impossible. To explain to them and give them the reason... That's a good thing. So meaningful, we're kind of getting somewhere with that. Do you think? Yeah, sure. So it's like, for example, yeah, you know, as you just said, like this is you know, given the homework, given the assignment, it's like why? Why am I doing this? So a meaningful homework assignment has a, a clear yeah. reason or rationale that is communicated to the student. So and that that can be measured. 
when the student turns in that homework. Yeah. And, you know, think about it. It's, okay, why am I doing this? What, what difference is it going to make? Okay, if, if I give this or I don't give it, what right. differences do I expect to see out of this? That's a really um, good question. Yeah, because lots of times like, really oh, so what this, happens if I don't give the homework? Is it, Will is it, it have is it, is any it effect? Yeah. <laughs> and um, if you answer no, then it's not meaningful homework. Then why am I doing it? <laughs> why am I making thirty students? Why do it am as I well? making them do it? Why am I, I having to check it afterwards? Like, why is this? Yeah, why am I giving myself extra work? It better you better have a reason. <laughs> um, you know what? What points you trying to reinforce? What specifically? What are you trying to get them to learn from it? Specifically, what you know when you ask them to do something, what is it that they are doing? What exactly? It's like what are the tasks? What activities? What are they doing? And that what that that doing that activity? How is that going to help them learn? And then maybe the formula for this, or some kind of way of understanding it, is that you would look at what your goal is for the lesson today. Mm. And then you look at your goal for the lesson next week. And that homework should actually be some kind of a bridge sure, between yep. the two. Yep. And if you can identify how the homework helps the students move from the lesson today to the next lesson, then I think you could say, okay, then there's, it's a reasonably meaningful assignment. It's a good assignment. But if you can't connect it to the learning goals or the outcomes that you're trying to achieve, and it's not clear to you as a teacher, then it's definitely not going to be clear to the students, by the way. Right. Then you need to go in and revise that assignment or not give the assignment. And I think that's a use, a reasonable strategy is to sure. say, hey, wait a second. You know, I do not have a way of getting my students to you know bridge the gap between today's class and next week's class. So maybe it's better just to say, hey, find an interesting article on the internet. You know, find something you can read or do maybe would be legitimate. Uh, but that's, a. I think, I'm thinking it has to help me get the students from what we did in the class on a given day to what we're going to do. And that could be, again, it's a review, it instantiates what they've learned, it makes it stronger, it causes them to look up new words or find vocabulary that can be used in the next class or that is added to what they learned. Then it's, I think it's, it's good. So that's a good metric. Mm. Does it help the students connect what's happening today to what's happening in the following class? I don't know. Do you think that works for you? Yes. Yes, very definitely. And in a, in a very similar vein, and maybe to step back or maybe it's a follow-up to that. Um, but in, in addition to, um, you know, being very clear about what the goal is, it probably also at some point in, in your thinking or your planning or the teacher's thinking the planning, um, actually think about the goal, the goal itself. Is the goal itself meaningful? Is it it's like okay, you know, I want them. To, I want them to be able to do this. And you know, one one example would be, you know, for example, we talked long ago about writing about you know the basic um, five paragraph essay. And you know, a lot of people says, well, you know, you're you're stretching this whole class to teach them do a five paragraph essay, but that has no meaning. And I said, well, I disagree. But it's a it's a worthwhile question to ask. Um, you know, what, what what you're trying to teach them. Another example that we've talked about in previous podcasts, um, giving directions or asking for directions. And you said, well, 
you know, your point was like, well, um, okay, but why no one needs to know how to ask for directions anymore because everyone has a phone. Um, like, oh, yeah, good point. So maybe... <laughs> Except for inside the building and ask where are the restrooms. <laughs> Until the GPS and the maps get that good. I, and, and the, that's and how the I've computer it, translation, right? Yeah. Right. But by the way, I have changed it. I, I, I just don't teach large-scale directions oh, okay. anymore. That's, that's, like wait, how no, to find the station. But Forget the post office, but where's... Where, where, where's the restroom? Yeah. Where's the closest water faucet? Where's the um, closest... You know, bench where I can sit down and do homework. So, um, inside, in yeah, internal directions mm. are useful, but just but good example. That yeah, out. that's really nice. So, so when you think about when you're setting your goals, it's like well, think about the goal itself. It's because a lot of times, you know, especially old timers, you've been you know, doing this for years. A lot of things that you don't think about anymore, you kind of do automatically. So it's like well, sometimes you need to sit back and question so why. Okay, you th- you think it's important, but why do you think it's important? You make sure that it is, because you only get you know fifteen weeks a semester. If you're going to spend your that much class time and that much student time and some of your time, um, make it worthwhile, right? Just do it something that's meaningful, meaningful, slippery, slippery. And something that's come out of what we're talking about, and especially what you just said, Tony not to be scared to look at what your goals are. I'm thinking for more novice teachers, beginning teachers. It's probably a lot easier to look at a homework assignment and say, you know, is it really meaningful? Is this going to help my students? Does this move it forward? Then an entire lesson, which is quite a difficult thing, I think, to design. But looking at homework, I think one could just say, hey, is this really meaningful? Right, right, 10 Hmm. sentences using the following words, you know, and I could say, no, that's really not, you know, substitute words in. So that I think is a very nice tool for getting people to develop their ability to look at not just homework, but let's say class assignments or their sequence of activities or their general goals or learning outcomes. You know, class design. Lesson. Or the whole class design, which is always a hard thing to look at, right? You know, Very. You're, you're slapping yourself in the head like I'm doing right now, going, oh, my God, where do I start? Yeah. How do I do this? Uh, how do I you look at the class and say, is this even a meaningful syllabus? Now, start with the homework assignments. And this is – I'm going to kind of go back to Grant Wiggins again, Understanding by Design. And I've talked about this before, where in terms of curriculum design and even syllabus design, Wiggins and McTie, I think, suggested that after the teacher comes up with the goals and objectives, what they really want to learn, you then design the assessment instruments. Because once you know how to assess what kind of learning has taken place, it's much easier than to sequence and design the steps to get there. Right. And I like so that. that's a really, it, it's so counterintuitive. But well, it's a backward it is, engineering. It's great. No, right. That's exactly that's, that's the it, best way to do it. And it's amazing because once you hear it, it's like, duh, of -hmm. course, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is always those great insights. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that now to homework is before you even, you know, you said, okay, this is what the students will achieve in this lesson. Then go ahead and make your homework assignments and see what happens. And I'm wondering whether or not that would have a 
the same kind of effect of like, oh, the homework assignment is the assessment instrument in a certain way. It's the way that I can tell what the students have learned. Then I can figure out how do I get my students to be able to do the homework in a really positive way. So it's kind of turning everything on the head. What do you think? No, absolutely. Um, that that backwards engineering is um, really effective for both like overall class design. And, and of course, same thing for individual assignments in class or outside. Um, it's the, yeah, it's a, as you said, it's, it's a head slap. It's like, duh, why didn't I think about that? Um, and once you've got the result that you want to get, or once you've established, okay, you, 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 you have what you think is a worthwhile goal. The goal is set, say, okay, you determine that this is a, a worthwhile goal. Say, okay, and you start thinking about the assignments. Okay, getting to that goal, um, you know, you throw something on the board and say, you know, well, your your own mental board or whatever, your your screen, whatever, however you plan. And um, okay, so is this assignment the best way to, to get that result? Is there is there a more effective way? Um, can I? Is there is there some way that we can do that that's that's more fun for the students? Is there a way that's less work for me? Um, can we modify the assignment to make it better somehow to so that the students learn more or learn better, uh, have more fun, make it more interesting, make it, hey, make it easier. Doesn't have to be hard for them to learn something. Um, difficulty for the sake of difficulty is stupid. Um you want to make it as easy as possible for them to do and still achieve the same results. There's no sense in making it more difficult than it needs to be with just things like instructions. Um, is it an easier way to explain what they're supposed to do? Simplicity. Um, you minimize the steps. Um, are there unnecessary parts that can just be pruned or like thrown out completely? Can you pare it down? Can you reduce it to its bare essentials and still have the same benefits from, from what they're doing? Um, and again, that's all part of what, what you just said, this, this backward engineering thing is like, okay, that's the goal. It's like, okay, um, what's the best, simplest, most enjoyable, <laughs> least work way to get there? Um, and working backwards, it allows you, I think, a lot more flexibility or possibilities um, of uh, in, in the design of, of the assignment so that um, it's all the good things. It's easier for you. It's easier for the students, more fun for the students, more interesting for the students, and they learn more. Well, in an ideal universe, anyway. Yeah. Well, I always tell my students, it's always, it, it makes them crazy when I start off by saying, I don't want to work. I want you to work. And that goes back to what you just said, which is, I think a meaningful assignment is the minimum amount of work on my part and the minimum amount of work on the student's part that has the maximum possible result. So I, I have a actually for this I'm just gonna I'm sorry to, I'm, I'm jabbering jabbering, jabbering today but like for example a really good example of this would be and it's nice because we have so so few specifics but this is a really good specific so you have a homework assignment everyone's done this bit of whatever it is and it's on paper um, peer evaluation have some have the other students check the other students homework 
So so simple, so stupid. You don't have to do it. Okay. They're they're working in class, and it's amazing what they will learn from looking to see what other students have done with the same assignment, looking at somebody else's thing. They'll say, oh, yeah, I, I did so much better than this. Or it's like, oh, I never thought of that. But the ability, the opportunity then for see what other students are doing um, multiplies the, the learning experience of just having them done it by themselves independently. Um, small, simple, stupid, but it, it increases the value of that homework assignment. Well, I think you know that I've talked about this often. That sure, yeah. I, I don't eva- I In my writing classes now, the students do the peer editing. They do the peer assessment and evaluation. And I go th- around the room and give oral feedback on their papers while they're doing it so the editor and the writer can hear how you know, I would do things a little differently. And I think it's quite valuable. The negative side about it, though, is that students always write, but you don't comment on our papers. And I have to mm. go, I commented verbally during class. So I do that, and I find that it's very good. It's the same thing also with presentations, although they really hate giving each other grades, but it's an important thing for them to learn. So I think that's a very good point, Tony, is that doing that. But my question is, do you... You do the peer evaluation in class. It's not part of the homework, where a student has to send their homework to another student who checks it or looks at it. Correct. Correct. Okay. I have done that, where students have to send their homework to another student, Mm. and that student has to sign off that they've checked the homework and Mm. looked at it and made their comments. How did that work? Did it go well? Uh. It works really well at certain... Okay, let me see. Let me... I'm going to try to do this as measured as possible. (laughs) (laughs) It works really well at certain schools and was a disaster at other schools. That's what I said at the very beginning. It's like, it's also different. It's also different. Right. And this goes back to what you've talked about so often is the institutional culture Mm -hmm. of the school culture. So at and it's not necessarily at schools that let's say are necessarily higher level, but it's more whether or not that school has a culture of learning. And it does somewhat coincide with level because you know the better schools you're gonna have students who are more committed to learning. But it's worked very well. Uh if I when I've done that with let's say other schools with you know other kinds of students who are, let's say, not committed to learning. It's been so-so, but the students who, at those schools who really wanted to learn, seem to have gotten a lot out of it. So if you are willing to accept that, let's say, 80% of the students might not find it meaningful, but 20% will really learn, excuse me, learn from it, then it works. Mm. So... But it's, it's hard to follow up on. It's hard to check in many ways. But it's it's an interesting thing to do. It's a possible way of making the homework a little bit more meaningful. But right, yeah, and I think I think I think you uh, with this whole discussion, it's probably worth us mentioning that you know a lot of this. And I kind of I didn't come out and say it you know explicitly at the beginning, but now that I've listened to us talk, it was like about fifty minutes on this. Um, it's this is kind of 
laboratory discussion. We're talking about thing, you know, what this discussion here about homework and things about talking about lab environment situations. It all changes out there in the real world. And you said it's like some of the stuff is going to work with some classes, and the same thing is not going to work at all with other classes. Um, it all's got to be very individually tailored tailored to the classes that you're teaching and the, and the students that you're teaching. And you said the institutional culture, the different schools are completely different. And the students respond differently to all kinds, different, different approaches and different stimuli, different um, requirements. And it's, it's amazing how different classes can be. And so I said, it's like, I'm not trying to cop out about not like getting the specifics, but you know, I can say this this particular thing worked really, you know, I was really hard on these kids and I made them do this and I had really high expectations and they they rose to it and they excelled and they were they loved it and they were ecstatic. And take that and do that in another school in another class and you you might have like 10 student complaints at the end of the semester. Um it you, you it's there's no <laughs> there's no one answer. Um but that I, but, and, there, and I think it's, it's a good thing that, that we stayed vague in general and theoretical uh, with a lot of these things because a lot of that is, a lot of this process is tailoring it to the individual class. Okay, so when you're sitting down thinking about what I'm going to do, what I'm going to sign, what the goal is going to be, you, you've got to make your class, you've got to make your students a really big part of that decision process. And that's true. To some degree, I don't know about how much. When you say, well, hold on, let me just backtrack. What do you mean by making the students part of that whole decision-making process? Can you explain that to me? Um, not making them part of the process, but in uh, factoring in what this, who the students are, what the class, what the class level is, what the university is, part of your decision process. It's like when I'm teaching at this class, this school. I will approach the assignment design in a different way than I would at you know, from school A, school B, this class, these students, even within one university, um, you know, whether they're you know English majors, second year students, first year students, the individual personality of the classes. I well, I know these kids are this way, and I know that these kids are that way. I can extrapolate and say, oh, they're going to react differently to different kinds of assignments. They'll do the, you know, the this will work with these kids. It won't work with them. I've got to change it and do something differently with those kids, even if it's the same subject. So you've got to make that part of your decision process is what I meant to say. Okay. I understand mm -hmm. that. Now, I'm trying to think of, you know, kind of getting close to the point of wrapping up what a meaningful assignment, if I could make something a little bit more concrete. I'm thinking as if I'm talking to student teachers. And I think one thing, I'm kind of going off in a different tangent here, but I want to get this in. Yep. I think one thing that really makes an assignment meaningful is if it requires the students to use their notes from the class. Mm. And that creates an incentive for them to take better notes. So, for example, without the notes, you can't complete the assignment. Uh-huh. You can't do the homework. And that seems to me something that is teaching them just good practice, right? Taking notes. But then again, of course, you know, with line and everything else and all these other ways, I'm sure that a student puts up their notes and everybody shares on that. 
but that's not necessarily a totally bad thing. Bad thing. It's not. It's yeah, not, right. not it's, totally because they still they still learn from that. Okay. A bit. It's not the same. I, I'll I'll grant you that that it's not a totally bad thing. <clears throat> at least but it's not doing, an ideally at, good at, thing. At least they're doing that. Yes. Except and comes, something I was will come out of that. Nothing. Yeah. Well, something will come out of that <laughs> communication. Something will come out of that communication. So one thing is is that it requires them to take to use notes from the class. I'm going to say that another thing is that it requires some kind of effort that they have to look something up. They have to find something. There's a gap in the homework that requires them, let's say, to go online and seek out some information, to find a definition, to find a source, to listen to something that is part of the work. So in other words, the assignment cannot just be done by them sitting down in a room without using notes and without being connected somehow to either, you know, looking into a book or finding some extra information through a dictionary, you know, old style encyclopedia, going through Wikipedia, looking at a notebook. I think those two criteria would be part of what I would consider to be a meaningful assignment and that the goal is clear and that that goal is measurable easily measurable by me as a teacher so I can look at the homework and say okay this student got it the student didn't and that that feedback on their homework helps me to know whether or not they understood what was taught in the last class or that they're ready and prepared for the the class I'm going to teach on that day that might be my three metrics Good. Yeah, and, and there was I want to one of the things you said I really liked and it's like, yeah, one one thing like the review and the thing about the fact you know you can check the progress and everything else. But I think one of the things that you said that it really resonated with me was um that the assignment like requires the students to fill some gap. That I think for me is like one maybe of the three things that you mentioned it's got to be like the key thing. It's like cuz that it's like you've they've got as you said they've got their notes and they need that and they've got something else, and they got that. But the assignment is going to require them to take those notes and to take this other thing and somehow leave the, the, the somehow the assignment leaves a gap there. And somehow they've got to bridge that gap themselves. And they've got to somehow put the pieces together and build the puzzle, build the bridge, and get to that other point on their own. And show you that, yeah, okay, that means that they didn't just listen, they just didn't write it down. They didn't just read this and get this. That. They were able to put it together, synthesize something, and then create this new link to something else to show you that they're ready for this other piece. And that uh, an assignment that can do that, like, well, yeah, okay. Every, everybody's, everything's, everything is working here. This is, this is, the machine is running. We're, we're doing what we're supposed to do. I so liked I think, it. yeah, that's actually, it's a good thing because I'm thinking that that might be actually the easiest tweak for any assignment mm. is create some kind of gap so the students have to do something additional mm. that is not provided that they don't have. Right. So if they're learning vocabulary, you want them to learn 10 new words, then ask them to go online and find some articles that have those words in an interesting sentence, for example. 
Mm. Um, that's just off the top of my head right, right now. Right, 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 right. But it, you could see that at least they're going to have to use like search uh, strategies. They're going to have to think about how to do it. And even for the laziest kid, the kid who wants to do the minimum amount of work, they're going to get something out of it in terms that they're going to actually have to plan out how they're going to do that effectively. Right. So, and it might end up the positive result might be that a student does that and realizes that they're getting too many results. And then they do a search for Google search terms and then they start learning how to use the Google search terms. Okay. Mm. Now you've got a positive outcome. Yep. It's worked really well. They've learned something you didn't even build into the class. So I think I can, I can comfortably end on that note and say that there has to, a meaningful homework assignment has some kind of gap in it that the students have to bridge by finding out a new piece of information, connecting something, seeking out something, uh, doing some kind of formula or process that will result in them being able to complete the assignment. You can live with that? I can. Okay. So we did come through with something concrete. Mm. Yeah, not bad, actually. Mm. Actually, that's... Right. So if the assignment can be done with the student just sitting down and doing the assignment without having to reference anything, without having to seek out something. Well, then they that, haven't learned anything. Then the assignment is doesn't have any real meaning. There's no meaning. Prove, it's just proving that they can do it. Right. And that would be the definition of a meaningless assignment. And they probably they, and they could do it when they walked in the class on the first day. So yeah, right. there's there's no as you said, there's no meaning there. And there's probably a better assessment procedure for you to find out whether they can do it or not, which might be actually in class with a quick quiz or something. Okay. I feel comfortable with that. Maybe that's a wrap. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, it, it, we, you know, just to just generalize a little bit, like, but, but the again, go to the student end, like the satisfaction that the student gets, at, like when they when they were able to like solve the puzzle, fill that gap, that joy of learning, that is what it's all about. And I remember when I like they were in fifth grade when they were teaching me to factor equations, it's like, and I figured it out. It's like, yeah. And that student in my class in the summer is like when she finished her, you know, after the class, we're you know just like talking. It's like, oh yeah, I did it. Yep, filled the gap. That's what we live for—is watching yep. the lights go on. Yep. Okay, I'm okay with that. So mm. my name's Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. We are two teachers talking at two teachers talking plus whatever. Two teachers on vacation. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Well, you're still in the States. I just got back from a trip to the States. And uh, we have about another four weeks. Well, a little less. Some of my schools start in the middle of September. I don't know what that idea started. Mine, too. I only got like two and a half weeks left. Whoever figured that out really needs to take a vacation. I have, okay, I, have a, I have a better idea. <laughs> yes, well, I don't want to ever be recorded <laughs> saying things like that. All right, Tony. So please enjoy the rest of your time in Chicago. Yeah, you guys enjoy out there too. Vacation. Enjoy your vacation because you still okay. have a couple of weeks too, huh? Yes. I Every, everybody enjoy. Maybe it's listeners, right? Enjoy. All enjoy. our listeners, please enjoy your summer vacation. Yeah. Okay, Tony, be well. Yep. <laughs>